Welcome to Into the Hobbyverse, a podcast dedicated to Marvel Crisis Protocol and the aspects of the hobby surrounding it. Uh, our focus here is to discuss our experiences with the game and to give advice to you, the listener, to help improve to where you want to be on your painting journey, wherever that may be. Uh, I am Wax Sandwich, and I'm joined by Moriartis. How's it going, buddy? I'm all right. How are you? Uh, not too bad. Uh, I am on the precipice of Nova, so I am I am ready for that. I think it technically starts tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow, Wednesday, but nothing really goes on on Wednesday, so I'll be heading out there Thursday. Um, uh, so pretty excited for that. Precipice of Nova makes it sound like you're sitting at like the edge of an event horizon or something. It sounds like some interstellar stuff. Yeah, really, I'm just going to go, you know, get told how to paint colors by other people who like to paint little toys. But it does sound very impressive. <laughs> well, you just made it sound less impressive than it is. That's yeah, all about uh, marketing, huh? Indeed, indeed. Well, so, yeah, that that's uh, coming up this week. I'll, I'll definitely, um, well, yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, post in the Discord, uh, you know, how... Um, how the painting competition goes, I won't. I won't bore anyone with that again. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely talk about it. I'm, I've got a lot of painting classes. Well, I have three painting classes. I'm excited about. Uh, so, I'll be sure to short share what I've learned. Uh, yeah, so that that's coming up. Um, so because of that, though, we're we're doing a little thing, little bit out of order. Um, a couple things out of order. So we're we're recording a little bit ahead of time, and because as such, you know, uh, we're probably going to either record one or two before I, I actually go to Nova. So uh, there won't be as much painting catch up, but uh, so I'm, I'm not actually going to go over what I painted uh, in any detail. I, I'm kind of still working on Shatterpoint stuff, and I did my Cosmic Ghost Rider because I uh, wanted to have him ready for the. Um, the actual MCP gaming event I'm doing. So I, I finished him and I'm you know doing uh doing Shatterpoint stuff. What have you have you have you managed to paint? Have you heated my call, my challenge? I have, although I am also not ready to share pictures of it because it's still uh it's in it's in a very messy phase. You know how painting goes where like you have an idea, you start putting stuff down and in the rough stages early on it looks awful. And but then like you get, you know, another hour or two in and suddenly you're like, oh, and you can start to see where it's coming or where it's going. And you're like, okay, now I'm getting excited about this. I'm almost to that excited phase. And so it would be silly to show, I think, any images of it right now because you're just going to be like, oh, it looks like somebody vomited Technicolor on that claw model. Uh, uh, spoiler alert, that's who I'm painting is claw. Uh, but I did some research after we had a conversation uh, when we recorded the last episode. I did a little bit of digging and found some kind of inspiration for him. And I was like, you know what? I have a cool idea. So I'm trying to make that happen. And hopefully by the time, uh, well, by the time anybody hears this, uh, there will be pics of them up, I'm sure. Uh, so you guys will get to see it. But uh, not during this episode, at least. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. Uh, it's definitely um, tricky model to paint. Mm -hmm. uh, I had another thought there, but I've just totally lost it. Um, yeah, well, I'm I'm looking forward to that. Good, good to kind of get back into the uh, 
hobby 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 grind that's what i'm looking for yes indeed all right uh well so yeah that uh, quick hobby catch up and it probably will be on the next episode but we are uh ready to discuss kind of the sister pairing i don't i don't know uh dovetail pairing to the last week's episode and kind of do the other mixed matched partners in that box and we're going to talk about uh Oh, Mystique and Wolverine. Uh, I think you mean Mystique and Sabretooth. Blasphemy, good Uh, sir. Oh my gosh. For shame. For shame. Uh, That's on me. I was uh, just not thinking. Really, really sloppy work here. Mystique and Sabretooth. I'll edit all of that out so that no one will know. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so uh, that's who we're doing this week. And and these are. I don't know. So, so we were talking about Sabretooth, and maybe we can start there because it's such a shame that uh, Sabretooth and um, uh, the Wolverine, who is what I was thinking of, of course, is is such a lackluster model in the game because both both of these sculpts are are easily in the top, you know, I would say top twenty percent, top ten percent, maybe of the models in the range. They're both like really cool sculpts they have a lot of detail uh i think you put it succinctly so i'll hand it over to you yeah yeah you know i think um Sabretooth is easily one of my favorite sculpts um i think he, you you could argue he's one of the best sculpts in the game um i wouldn't do that um but if you disagree with it you're wrong so he's fantastic. Uh, the, the thing I love about him, and I, I think the wording I picked, and I'll probably botch this, but he's one of those models where when you look at him, if you don't have him in hand, you don't realize how much of that has been very neatly sculpted into the model and how much of that you're going to have to like sculpt with paint, like how much of that you're going to have to like freehand on your own. And then when you get the model and you start like putting them together and putting paint on him, you realize... It, the detail on him is just so crisp, it's so clean, it's so well laid out, that painting him actually becomes just fun. It, it's, it, it, it feels in a way like you're paint, like it's painting itself. And you just get to play with colors and highlight placement without having to fight against the model. Like, the model helps you paint it. And I really appreciate that. It just makes him so much more fun to paint than some other models. Yeah, and the, you know, the... I, I I can't agree with you or disagree with you. I should say, like it, it's it's a very cool model. It's got just enough of that sculpted detail, like or sculpted elements. It's got like a ton of sculpted detail, but like the the actual elements, meaning like you know the fur, the the seams and the armor, where it kind of transitions color. Uh, I don't know what they are. They are like the stripes on the side, the skunk stripes on the side are are like just spaced enough to kind of. Um, make it a little bit more forgiving. The the volumes, like the macro volumes are relatively straightforward. Like he's just, you know, a big long cylinder. His arms are at a really nice angle. Um and then the like like to what you're saying, the the micro volumes are 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 really well done and, and are really forgiving to paint and, and really, you know, fun to paint. Um really fun to paint. Yeah. That's I mean I think that's the easiest takeaway is just it's just really fun to paint like he's it, and i think it's deceiving because when you look at the model you don't necessarily see that it's only when you actually get a chance yeah. to start playing with it you're like this is kind of cool so 
Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I think, you know, one of the things you could say about the model, and um, I guess it depends on the color scheme you choose. I, I know that there are some alternate color schemes that Sabertooth has worn. It, it often comes, though, with like an alternate outfit. Um, but I, I'm sure, you know, there are plenty of outfits that you could kind of fudge over, like his X-Force outfit would be a good example. Um, but the, the the biggest knock that people could have is is you know the traditional yellow would be difficult, and I talked last episode with um with Wolverine on on using the like Goobertown pink uh, yellow primer, and so when I was painting Sabretooth, I used that as an opportunity to kind of work with that. Um, I mean the, the the broad category of what that would be is underpainting. Um, so work with that underpainting idea, but try a couple of different tones with yellow. So with Sabretooth, instead of, you know, doing pink Zenithold white, I did a, like, I guess it was raw umber, raw umber or burnt under, like a very warm, earthy mm. tone, Zenithold that with an ivory, and then, um, airbrushed, uh, yellow over it. You, you, you know, you could airbrush, you could, um... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You could do a contrast paint. You could do like a glaze medium. All all of those would work. It's all the same idea. But trying to just experiment with different colors that would underpaint nicely under yellow. And and if you do a little bit of legwork and you compare my saber tooth to my Wolverine, the the literal yellow I used is is I believe the same exact yellow. Like it's the same yellow out of the um out of the ink jar. I think it's just like a I don't even know the name of it. It's like a medium yellow. Um, but because I did that different undertoning, the natural transparency of the yellow, and I did a um, more brown, uh, more neutral brown oil wash over my saber tooth, is is that you know the same pigment color, the same literal paint reads so much differently between mm. those two. So you know, as as a new painter, it can be a little bit intimidating to paint yellow, but there's a lot of things that you can do. And I think the number one thing really is to just underpaint it some color that's not black. Um, and then yellow becomes like a really fun thing to play around with, with transparency and et cetera. Um, so, you know, Sabretooth and, and I suppose his pseudo partner Wolverine were fun, fun ways to learn that. And um, I guess the good news is, you know, everything we're saying uh would not apply to his game rules. So you, you could actually probably get these relatively cheaply secondhand. Um, I'm, I'm sure there's some benefit of that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, it's it's interesting because uh, I, I think that's a, an interesting little edge case that you've got the Wolverine where you went about using the same yellow, but just using a different undercoat. And then same idea with Sabretooth but you're doing the different undercoat and then you end up with just these very drastically different results. Um, I think that's really neat. Uh, yeah, with me, like the, my yellow for him, I only really had one trick when it came to yellow and I learned this because I was trying to make yellow work forever ago and I found out that if you start with like a brown and you layer up that way that you end up with kind of an earthy yellow and it works fairly well. And so I just kind of went with that default color scheme and I, of course I did it with this hair as well and, uh, and it works, it gets the job done and everything. And, and I also think it works well with his browns, right? Like his, his kind of canon color scheme is, is very earthy. It, it, so I think it's the right choice to go with, like, like, let me put it to you this way. I think that had you done the yellow you did for your Wolverine, 
had you done that for Sabretooth, I'm not positive that that would look as good. I, I, I feel like the Earth stuff yeah. works better in this case because of the rest of his outfit, if that makes sense. No, it does, yeah, and, I, and I'd agree with that. And I, I kind of like how yours, like, uh, it, it looks to me, and maybe I'm wrong, but it looks to me that you, you um, highlighted up through a white, which kind of desaturated the yellow. And I think that reinforces the earth tones you're kind of talking about and, and uh, you know, works together well with that. Yeah, yeah. This this was still where I was in my, like, can I bring everything to white kind of stage. Um, that That's where my mind was when I was painting him. So that is accurate. I, I The downside to that is I a lot of my highlights, uh, I, I end up washing out a lot by just, you know, white is the color I'm mixing in. And I'm I'm now learning that that's not the best practice, that you can use white as, like, the very end to get your specular highlights and still get the same effect I was going for. But, you know, hey, you got to learn that lesson somehow, right? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it, it all depends mm -hmm. on what you're going for. Nothing, yeah. nothing wrong with anything. The only... Only wrong way to do it is to have a great. Yes, model. indeed. And in in Sabretooth's case, I don't think it hurt him, uh, so I'm I'm all right with it. I'm all right with it. I'm I'm talking about it negatively, but I don't think it's actually that big a deal. Yeah, I think it worked with it well, and it, it just you know goes to what type of color scheme are you going for? Like like mine's very saturated because I didn't actually do much highlighting. Um, I just really started with a pretty bright color and then worked it down in the recesses via you know via an oil wash and oil type filter um and then the, the natural underpainting so uh it just uh it's just wait whatever you're going for man who knows mm -hmm. um cool i mean yeah so I, I i think another thing that i i like about your saber tooth if you uh you know, want to go into a little bit of detail on it, and I, I guess it's the other color is, but I, I, I really like how the brown in yours reads as actual reflective material. I think that one thing that I struggle with um, with browns is that if you look at brown leather in real life, it will highlight up through brown. But the actual point where the light reflects off of it is, is more of a white color or like a subtle off-white color. It's not like, you know, bright brown or, or whatever like mine is. So I quite like how your saber tooth, you know, um, the brown bits of it, the yellow does too, but just speaking to the brown right now, actually reads as a reflective material. Mm -hmm. um, do, you, do you want to go over your... I, I reach into the, the memory sure. vaults there, but do you want to go over a little bit of like your your brown recipe and if, if that's something you thought about there. Yeah, yeah, no. Because I quite like how it looks Yeah, no, yours. so it's funny you mentioned that because uh, I, no, I agree with you. When I look at it, I'm like, oh, that does read as, like, reflective. And I just, you know, to brag, that was totally an accident. Um, this was a direct result of, like I was talking about, my, like, oh, mix everything into white and take it to white. And I, I think the reason it works here, whereas it doesn't work in a lot of other models that I painted, is... I was starting to understand the idea of volumetric highlighting or like, oh, these muscles on them are kind of like cylinders and I should highlight them as such, not as like a flat panel, which I've done on so many other models. And I've also was starting to learn that like going to white doesn't mean that you have to go to like a very bright color early on and then have like the, it, it, and, and, and maybe this is something that you've also had experience with, but I, one of the things I discovered is 
when highlighting up, it's like, okay, so I've got like my base coat color and then I go to do a highlight. And in the beginning, my brain would default into each stage of the highlighting process needs to be kind of equivalent in proportion. So if you start with like a deep brown, then you go to do like a kind of a mid-tone brown. That mid-tone brown is like 75% or 66% of your surface area. And, and that depending on how many layers of highlight you're doing, right? That, that's kind of how my brain used to default into doing things. And it made like black. That's a, a really horrible way to paint something like black. Yeah, yeah it doesn't work with white, yeah. for instance. It's like there's there's a lot of things that you just don't want to do that with. Now there are times when it's appropriate and it works, but there are also other times where you're just gonna botch your entire paint job. And so I was starting to learn that I could take things all the way to white without transitioning evenly throughout the color spectrum, that I could keep it in deeper tones for longer. And, and it actually works. And especially if you want it to look reflective, I think keeping it in the deeper tones longer really helps sell that because it makes it to where, yeah, when you get to that specular highlight, when you get to that tiny little glint, it's still bright. But as you go out and you go towards the, the shaded areas, towards the crevices, uh, it gets darker quicker and that sells to the eye that the thing is the darker color and that the, the glints are just a glint of light, if that makes sense. It, it does, yeah. And it, it's something that I'm, you know, trying to do more of. I, I think I just have GW brain rot or, you know, something because that's very anti to the GW style where, you know, your light, if you're painting blue, like maybe you start with McCrag blue and then your your lighter blue is going to be tactless blue or just picking two random blues but like that type of idea where your lighter color is still that white or or that that blue which maybe you want to do up through the mid-range but then to get those reflections like you have then you want to cut it over to like some version of a white desaturated and size it appropriately for the reflectivity of that material i think getting like you know color and white elements together is I don't know. That's like probably ninety percent of paint, huh? That that's a right, really right. good thing to accomplish. And I, th I think you executed it well on on your saber tooth. And you know, credit to the model again. It's it's a good good way to kind of learn those lessons. Given that you're not kind of fighting yeah. against this sculpt, uh, it's it's got it's got nice nice volumes. And you know, I I'd called I call I did call them simple. I would call them simple. Um, but, you know, that's kind of like the idea of those academic busts that people paint where, you know, you're, you're intentionally painting simple things to learn the fundamentals and then, you know, transferring that later. It's it's not a, uh, a derogatory word. Maybe that's what I'm trying to say. I'm not calling it simple as a bad thing. It's, it's a, there's a word for that. It's not sublime. Maybe it is sublime where it's, it's you know. Yeah. Very you, you know, it's interesting you say that because one of the things I had never really considered before was I do feel like he was kind of one of my earlier victories when it came to like the volumetric highlighting, because that was something I really struggled with for a long time. Uh, and he was one of the early ones where I started to break out of that and started to kind of understand it. And uh, it never occurred to me that kind of the sculpt itself might have been a big part of that. It, it may be the reason he was the model that kind of helped me start to understand that and break away from it is just because of how well the sculpt was done. That might have been a big part of it, and I just hadn't really thought of it that way before.
Yeah, I mean, it, it certainly didn't work against you where, you know, something like, uh, I don't know, any of the female sculpts, right, that don't have strongly accentuated muscles aren't going to kind of help hold your hand on that, right? You think you have to freehand in muscle detail to know where to freehand that muscle detail. You kind of right, have to know right. where it should be. Um, so I, I don't want to credit it all to the the model. Obviously, you painted it, but it, it does help. I I always think of like the the sculptor painter relationship in like this really flowery way, where you know they're helping you and you're kind of helping them. Like if if the sculptor put in like a little a little detail, um, you know, you you as the painter have. I don't call it a duty, but like you should accentuate it, right? Like the sculptor made an artistic decision there. Um, or, you know, the, the sculptor is helping you show off your, your painting skills by showing a big flat area, like a shield where you can you put on a free hand, right? Like there's kind of this silent relationship back and forth where you get to, you know, interpret the materials and, and maybe you disagree with them. Maybe, maybe you don't want to um, highlight something. Like there's an orb right on the model. Like, like actually, this is a total aside. But do you keep up with um the oh gosh, what's his name? Uh, Spear Mirabalis busts. No, so this is a total aside, but I I think it's worth it. Um, uh, so Spear Mirabilis Ballis, I think it's Bellis. Uh, you know, very famously. Uh. I guess maybe not famously. He puts out these um, limited edition busts where every three months he says, okay, hey, I have this bust. I'm putting it out. However many I sell over the next week is like how many are getting made. And these things are are gorgeous busts. I, I really like them. I, I typically buy them, um, yeah, let's call it 80% of the time. They're They're very nice busts. So, so this one in particular um, is Rumpelstiltskin, I think is is what he called it. But um, the thing I wanted to call out is it's the the character is holding this orb, right? And it's it's very clearly supposed to be Rumpelstiltskin with like a gold bar, right? Um, so, so one painter, I I don't remember who it is right now. I really wish I did. Um, bought three of these, and and he he told this little story with the three of them where. There were three brothers who went up or grew up and um, like chose different professions or whatever. So he painted the same bust with the same object in his hand three different ways. One was a snowball, and he painted the character to look like an elf, like the guy grew up and became an elf. Uh, one was a bomb, where he you know put on a little wick onto the orb and made it look like uh, the guy was a pirate. Uh, and of course, now I'm going to forget the the third one, but um. You have to believe me, it was equally clever. Uh, so he, he did this, you know, idea that I was just trying to describe there where you take the same model, have it three way, or you can interpret the object three ways. And this is an example where the um, the sculptor's intent was very explicit to kind of give you that freedom with those, hmm. uh, with that orb. Um, so it's kind of like a symbiotic relationship. I don't know, it's a long way to say that it's, it's kind of a, fun to think about that sculptor painter type relationship and you know it's it's unspoken not not a formal relationship like i'm not gonna you know go message the sculpting team at amg and be like hey what do i i said that this pouch was actually black that well how, how do you think about that is that is that why they don't respond to my emails 
Yeah, it's it's a big component for sure. Yeah, I I really don't I really don't get it. Because to this day, like I keep sending emails, being like, "Hey, like, how am I supposed to paint this? Like, what what on earth?" And uh, they have yeah. yet to respond to a single email, and I was I was getting kind of down about it. But I guess you're telling me I shouldn't be expecting Man. a response. Maybe they're doing like a atomic mass transitions. You know, they like accumulate a bunch of FAQs. Do a series of articles based on it. That'd be cool. Although the, I, I would say maybe they do. You could probably ask them in their uh, the, the Twitch painting streams, and uh, they'd be happy. Oh, that's to true. I did actually ask them one time. I was struggling with how uh, to paint Storm's lightning during one of their painting streams, mm. I, and this was during I think the mini extravaganza, and they were too busy like really laughing so i got i got kind of an awkward answer but uh it was it was kind of a fun little moment yeah it was probably not the best time for me to like ask a legit hobby centered question but you know they were they, they were unprepared for a little it. bit a little bit uh anyway that's a long long tirade to say that this model's cool um you know if, if you don't own them or, or you like the sculpt like or even if you like the character, right? Um, yeah, you should consider getting one secondhand. I'm sure there's some floating around out there uh, from like character packs or whatever, uh, and you could probably, you know, proxy them as the the good versions from the uh, <laughs> rivals panel. Yeah, I think I think that, he's... I, that's what I had on. Yeah, that's what I had on Sabretooth. I don't know if you had any other details or, or items you wanted to gush about uh not so much i will say he's one of the few times where there there are details he's so he's got that snarl he's doing right and i've noticed i have a habit of completely botching faces where they do anything like that because i could just never get the details on the face right and i think he's another example of like they did such a good job on that that I even managed to get the face right without botching it. So if you if you ever needed evidence that he's a good sculpt, I don't know what more I can give you. Like I didn't botch his face, and you can I can even I even got in like little fangs in there, like the whole nine yards. So he is a blast to paint. He paints himself. He's a fun model. I highly recommend him. Yeah, definitely kudos on that because because getting like the correct like micro expressions like getting smirks or, or any kind of expression out of your model is, is very mm-hmm. difficult at this scale uh and yeah you're right i i don't think that i quite got it on mine but um yeah I mean, that's just something that i've just started to be able to feel like i can kind of execute yeah, on my so the fact that you know you were able to do it on your saber tooth earlier on, uh... yeah, a total accident, total accident, by the way, yeah. But this, the, you, well, exactly what you said, like it, the fact that I was able to pull it off at all is is saying something about the sculpt. It really is. Hey man, when when there was only one footstep set of footsteps in the painting uh, painting journey, the sculptor said, you. <laughs> or or something, something like that. Uh, all right, all right. Uh, so yeah, that 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 saber tooth in the books again, twice the fun. We did them twice. <laughs> cool. So I mean, the next one is Mystique, and and uh, I like this model for another way. I I like quite how simple this model is. Um, I think that she gets a little bit of flack from people on like the the simplicity of the model, but but I I quite like this model. Um, you know, it's, it's got a solid pose. The um. This female sculpt doesn't have the same degree of complaints I have about the other female sculpts, where the musculature is is relatively flat. 
Um, so I, I really appreciate that about the Mystique model is she's got like appropriate curves at a, a muscular or even, you know, I, won't, I don't want to call her realistic proportioned woman, but it's not toothpicks you know i don't i don't feel like i'm painting toothpicks with this sculpt where i didn't at the time so i i appreciated that level of detail that her sculpt had and you know what what i like that i i want you to kind of talk about is the opportunities you have to kind of like i was speaking on that blank canvas right if if they showed her doing you know her mystique stuff then it'd be harder to kind of have your personal flair mm. on it so and neither of us kind of did this but i, I would want to hand it to you to kind of talk about like what you've seen on mystique and, and that type of idea. Sure. Yeah. No, if, if there ever was a model that, and I was, I was way too much of a coward to try this, but a lot of other people have this is one of the most common, I think sculpting with paint situations you see in MCP is with mystique, right? Because it's, you know, you could easily interpret like half of her little kind of dress outfit, whatever you want to call that. You can interpret, Part of that is like an evening gown, especially with like the, the gloves, right? Um, there's a lot of different ways you can interpret that. And so doing the whole like, oh, I'm going to make it look like she's turning into uh, a woman in an evening dress or rogue or a Captain Marvel in her like old school outfit or whatever. There's like a there's a million different ways you can kind of take the sculpt they gave you, play around with just the paint and get like a mystique that looks like she's mid transforming. And I'm, I'm really glad that you pointed out that had they done that with the sculpt, you'd kind of be stuck. Right. Had, had they done that with the sculpt, mm -hmm. you would, you know, like, let's say they had like the rogue hair sculpted on to half the face it, with the jacket and like the belt. And like, yeah. now you're kind of stuck. Right. Or, or in like the same kind of leg thing, the, the boots that she had. Now you'd be like, well, I, I kind of have to paint that like it's rogue. I guess, I guess yeah. she's doing that. And, yeah. and it never really occurred to me how appreciative we should be that we got basic mystique. And then if you want to go to town on it by painting it up to make it look like she's changing into whoever, you can totally do that. And then, of course, uh, you know, she's small enough and there, there's enough, like, I like that both of the, she's in a standard enough position to where if you wanted to like snip off an arm and replace it with another arm so that you can make it look like she's, I don't know, turning into Nick Fury or whatever, you could totally pull something like that off if you wanted to. Uh, it, there's an endless amount of, of customization you can do to her based on the, the pose that they chose. And it is completely up to you how much you want to accomplish that with sculpt by converting it or whether or not you want to accomplish that with just paint job or, of course, both. And I'm just now realizing kind of how brilliant that is. I don't know if that was their plan. Maybe this is just uh, serendipitous, but I, I feel like they nailed that part of it, that it, it's it's a sculpt that really lends itself well to all of that. And I think that's fantastic. Yeah. I have to imagine it is at least partially intentional. I, I think that they think a little bit. Um, I think that they think enough about their sculpts, like the half the game is that you get to play with your cool superheroes. So I think that they think enough about that and, and have enough experience with that. It, it was definitely intentional. Yeah. It, it, I, I, it's, it's, um, 
it's kind of what your painting goals are, right? Like we're, we're very much approaching this from how far could I take any given paint job or how much could I learn from any given paint job at the level of work I'm willing to put into it. Um, so, you know, obviously doing a physical conversion, like a, a, a stylistic painting choice, it, it's going to take more work. So I, I can see being disappointed with the sculpt, you know, as is if you're painting it kind of vanilla like we did. I, I might I might quibble with that because I, you know, everything I said about the musculature mm -hmm. is still true, even if you choose to not go further, you know, and and do that type of uh, that type of work. Um, yeah, so uh, you know, I I I can see why it gets flack from you know uh, people who who aren't excited about the character or who aren't excited about that challenge, which is you know totally okay. But I I think. Uh, you know, maybe it deserves a second look in 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 your heart. Uh, it's a it's a fun it's a fun. Yeah, level. I'm I'm also a fan. Anything for me that kind of captures the iconic aspect of it, I always just kind of appreciate that. You know, and it, we talked about this when we did our uh, <laughs> our tier list of the corset, where like that Captain America pose, like that just says to me, like boom, that when you think Captain America, that's kind of the default you think of him in, and and so despite the fact that some people might look at the pose and think it's a little underwhelming or what have you, I, I think it, it hits a mark that you should hit, that it's, it's got that very iconic uh, thing going on. And I, and I like that there is a mystique out there that you can paint that is just, boom, that's mystique, right? She's got her very kind of espionage looking pose going on. Um, it, it just feels like her character to me. Yeah, like you can back her up against the wall, and it would look total, yeah, totally yeah. natural, yeah, you know. Yeah, or or you can go like I, I know we've had some, or we have some Discord community members who have kind of uh, done really cool physical conversions, like adding on some green stuff, like a lot lot you can do with it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe we, maybe we can talk about some some painting advice. Uh, so I want to talk a little bit about the white I achieved. Uh, and I think I talked about this in the Kingpin episode. And and this was because um, I, I painted Mystique and Kingpin at this, or at least the white bits at the same time, because I used the same process and I, and I kind of wanted to talk through it um, again, because I, I think it's a good process, especially, you know, we just talked about yellow being a maligned color. Um, I, I know that white is probably mm -hmm. doubly so um, amongst you know, intermediate painters such as ourselves. So, uh, with with white, the kind of kind of what I did, and it's you know it's easier on someone like Mystique than it was on Kingpin. But block in. So start with you know a gray, maybe a lighter shade of gray. Block in the shadows. Like, and what I mean, block in. I mean you can really not be super um, precise with it the, the more precise it you are the tidier the ultimate thing's going to look out but it doesn't need to be like you know i spent four hours blocking in the shadows uh precise so block in your shadows block in some highlights and then take your airbrush um or you know you could do this with contrast paints too it's just uh going to be a little bit more difficult um and then glaze it so with the airbrush you want it to be really thin really low psi and and just glaze uh, your white, like kind of uh, that mid-tone white back over and pull both those extremes that you just painted, both those dark colors, those blocked in shadows and those blocked in highlights 
pull those back towards your midtown and then do that again and do that again and do that again and um you know you could do that a thousand well i don't want to say a thousand times uh you can do that 30 <laughs> times you can do that five times and it really just is you know how smooth you want it to look like how much of that gradient do you want to do so for my kingpin i think i did that like 20 times on the mystique i think i stopped at like eight and and given um what i will say about the sculpt is is it didn't actually work ultra well on her because you know where the whites are on the fabric there's not a lot of sculpted mm-hmm. volumes like her i don't know what to call it her tabard is just kind of flat the gloves are a little bit flat and the boots are you know relatively flat so kind of the the airbrush glazing kind of pulled it a lot closer to the middle than mm. I hoped it would. If um, you know, if you were better at airbrushing, you'd probably get a better effect on that alone. And then I just went in with um, you know, that kind of uh it's called a mid-tone gray, like some version of gray, and then and just re-accentuated those shadows. So that sounds like a lot of steps. Um and, and it, it is a lot of steps, but each of those like don't take a lot of time. Like I said, with those blocky highlights, you really don't need to be super precise with it. You probably shouldn't be super precise with it. Otherwise, this will take you uh, forever. But it's a it's a fun way to paint. I quite um, enjoyed uh, that process um, and kind of the hmm. result I got with it. Interesting. Yeah, I I just had like a very kind of default like oh I'm doing grays and then you know like a, like I can't remember I, I was probably still using GW Paint so it was probably like an Astronomicon gray or a, no what's their contrast or not contrast their foundation style Corax Corax white something where, where it's technically a pale gray Corax is the base color but the, no Corax white sucks you, I I hope you didn't use that I, um, well I think I might have and I think I might have shaded down into gray and then highlighted up at the like uh, a pure white which which is probably why I've got kind of a chalkiness going on with my white that I'm not a fan of it kind of dulls some of the detail and um I I'm not a huge fan of my Mystique paint job I like uh i did learn a lot i i think the volumetric highlighting on like the legs and stuff i was starting to kind of figure that out at the time so i don't think she's awful but uh like the white is not great and it's because i I, it's just a very unsophisticated recipe and technique for doing white so um i think something like what you're talking about i think is a a better way of kind of tackling that kind of stuff yeah potentially i mean it um it's certainly uh less labor intensive than than you know some version of what you did which is starting from uh a uh, oh gosh mid-tone gray and then manually brushing that up to a white i i find that to be pretty difficult mm-hmm. yeah um although you know that that still is kind of the approach you want to take in a lot of cases especially if you want to stay in that neutral white territory um that could be helpful. I will say if I if I redid my mystique today, I think that I would probably choose like um choose a color to influence my white. So maybe mm. I would make that more of a teal white. So it you know, harmonizes oh, that's better a with great the skin, idea. Or, yeah, yeah. Or or maybe I would do um you know something a little bit warmer to contrast against the skin. I think that that could give a more interesting look. Um Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And she's she's a model that I think, in retrospect, is kind of begging for it, right? Like the blue influenced white, I think would definitely work. But then also there's the blue itself, which 
um you know do you lean into like kind of an ice blue like a turquoise a sea green there's there's a lot of different ways you can kind of interpret that blue and of course i've seen it portrayed a million different ways in the comics so um i don't think there's like a a canon version of it where you're going to get yelled at if you get a little creative with what blue you use um i've even seen people a matter of fact this might have been one of their uh, the streams where um atomic mask painted her and I think they might have actually like painted her up flesh and then did glazes over it to give like a blue to it. And I can't remember if the reason they were doing that is so that they could stop doing a glaze at some point to make it look like it's actually turning into a flesh color. I can't remember. Um that's really interesting. Yeah, I bet that I bet that would give. Yeah, type yeah, of and, and then of course now you're adding like color influence to the blue, right? Because now there's a there's like a fleshiness right. to it, um, and that yeah, yeah, which might work if you maybe lean into cold for the white. So do like cold for the white, warm for the skin, um, and even though you're doing a blue skin tone, which you know you think of that and you think blue, you think cold, right? Like almost like frost giant kind of thing. Um, so it's kind of interesting to think that it could actually be the warm color in the piece. Yeah, it's all yeah, it's all yeah. relative, but yeah, I, no, I I think that's kind of where where I would kind of turn my attention now on the model. But you know, both aspects are important, like getting the the fun foundational technical aspect, and then thinking broader on like a more artistic aspect. Both of those uh, are integral components of uh, you know the the highest level of painting that we all strive for maybe <laughs> or at least like the time right, right. on a podcast one or the other the, the, gotta have something to shoot for um yeah so, yeah so so i mean speaking of the blue that that's a good kind of pivot to the other element of the model it, you know the way we painted it is blues and whites um and, and a couple accent details but uh yeah like like you said it you said it great there the the um "Quote unquote canon way that she's depicted because she's such a long-running character, right? She is depicted a lot of different ways, um, which kind of give you some freedom. You can go more uh, like the Fox—I don't know if they call it the cinematic universe yet—but like the Fox style, where she was depicted next in one or three, which is like that very <clears throat> deep blue, um, like like just true blue, and try to lean into that, you know, otherworldly." Well, maybe not otherworldly, but like kind of otherness of the character, which I think she's, you know, supposed to kind of emulate like the mutant's otherness, how uh, how right, deeply right. non-human it looks. Or, or you can try to, and, and so that would be more in that blue territory. You you really want to would want to make it devoid of of uh, like warm colors in the recesses, because that's more what you'd expect. Or you can kind of go the other way and and try to make it more of a realistic blue skin, um, you know, like like kind of think alien skin, like not capital A alien, but some alien skin where I'm sure Mass Effect actually probably has a lot of great references for this. I can't think of any off the top of my head, but you know, where they're trying to make it look alien but not too dissimilar, kind of like a Star Trek style, right? Something like that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So where where it's not, you know fully other capital o other but it has some familiar elements despite being blue um i i tried to go for the second one but um i actually struggled a lot with painting the blue i don't remember what blue green i ended up using because i tried to go with that and and doing so like desaturate up the highlights so it maybe read a little bit more fleshy so i tried to go with a more blue green tone and 
man, I I really struggle with that. My paint tore on me mm. a bunch, so I, I immediately just kind of focused on okay, I need this to look blue when right, highlighted. Right. Um, which you know, I I think today I'd be able to fix that with um with glazing, and I'd be able to work through it. But that was a very difficult thing for me at the time. But you know, as we've talked about before, that's the exact type of place where you you kind of learn right, from right. eventually. And, 100%. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I struggled greatly on her, too, pretty much everywhere, but the blue is no exception to that. I think the only thing um, I like about how the blue came out, came out is it, I kind of... Th this was also one of those things where I was learning, like, the volumetric highlighting, and because I was trying to do blue and trying to highlight it to white, I did end up getting these nice little... Like, especially on the legs, I think that's where you can see it the best these nice little, and this is going to sound similar to what we were talking about with Sabretooth, where you've got those uh, specular highlight lines where it's like a tiny sliver of a highlight near, and it's that's where it's very bright, and then it fairly quickly gets dark. Uh, and especially with skin, that gives you the impression that the skin has like a glint to it, right? Which is what skin should. Skin has like an, kind of an oiliness to it. So... Um, I was really happy with that. That that for me was like a ooh, I like how that came out, especially on her. Is that her left? Her left, the one that's on the ground, um, her left leg. I really liked how that came out, and so uh, kind of funny that that came up again because that was something we noticed with Sabretooth. Um, so that's something I would think about just when doing the flesh, because just because that's part of it. But it, it is Mystique, and she does have that kind of otherness and that alienness, or you know that that unhumanness right is kind of a, a integral to her character she's supposed to look like uh otherly and not human so i guess whatever rules you might come up with for how to paint flesh maybe don't apply to her as much yeah i mean it, it's I, I think that that's all well said to to, to think about yeah it, I, I mean i don't know it's tough because it's it's kind of like an alien's Again, like it would still follow the same rules, but maybe not so much like some of those softer R rules where like, you know, oh, you want to have, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, oh, you want to have uh, warm blood kind of showing through. So a little bit of warm blood, like I, I think that you wouldn't want that as much, but um, yeah, you, you would ignore more of the rules, but I, I still think that you would want like that satin finish that you're <clears throat> describing. I don't know. That's interesting to think about. Yeah, yeah. Because it, it does get into that, like, that weird area where, okay, yeah, maybe what you're, you're painting technically doesn't, shouldn't logically follow certain rules, but uh, you still want it to read to the eye a certain way. Like, you don't, you don't want to deviate too much from that kind of logic because you can end up with something that just doesn't feel right or look right. And so it, it's almost like what we were talking about when uh, painting like Dormammu's face plates or Ghost Rider's skull, where, yeah, okay, technically you would barely be able to see that stuff because it's engulfed in a fireball, right? But it doesn't look good. And so you kind of just have to ignore the logic of what the light of the fire would be doing and just give them a skull or the face plates. It's kind of the same idea. It's like, okay, yeah, technically because of the way her skin works and the way her physiology is, maybe it wouldn't make literal sense to do, 
you know, to paint it like a normal flesh color, but at the same time, you need it to sell to your average person when they look at it that it, it looks like skin still. And so, despite the fact that you have a logical reason not to do it, sometimes it still makes sense to kind of default into it, just for the sake of presentation. Yeah, I, th I think that's a, that's a really good way to frame that. I kind of like how you're putting that. Uh, I mean that that's kind of it for Mystique for me. Um, I mean it's it's a simple model the way that I chose to do it, uh, but I still think like thinking about that blue and white and those other things are important if you choose to do those, uh, like conversions or either conversions or you know the the transforming type of effect. Um, yeah, I mean I don't know if, if you have anything else you want to touch on. I mean the rest of it is just you know, a gray belt. Maybe you want to do NMM on the skulls, uh, and then a dumb a dumb pistol to paint. Yeah, I gotta hate those little guns, right? So annoying to to highlight yeah. correctly and and in a way that feels good. Yeah, no, I I don't think I have much I, else other than um, I guess the hair. Like, she's a redhead, right? But like, do you yeah. consider her a natural redhead? Do you go with like a more fantastic brighter red? I guess I guess that's the only other thing. I think like really big painting decision that you have to make when painting her is really what to do about the hair. So. And I think, and I think you kind of decide that a little bit when you decide the outfit, I mean, you can mix and match or the, the skin, not the outfit. Um, you can mix and match the hair for sure. But, um, you know, I think it makes more sense if you're going for more otherness in your model to, to have less realistic looking hair, which would be that, you know, that bright red versus, mm. um, if you're going for like more recognizable human Star Trek, as as you kind of put it nicely, uh, you'd, you'd want more, you know, I want to say quote unquote realish, uh, realish redheads. Something that feels down. a little more natural. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a good point. I guess, I guess, uh, I guess that's I, a good way of putting that. Like when you're thinking about the way you want to go with that, think: Do you want to sell her as looking more realistic? Or do you want to sell her as looking more fantastical, and that'll kind of help you make that decision? Yeah, and and maybe I'm I'm underselling kind of that point a little bit, and, and it's, it is good to bring it up because you know it's it's worth pointing out how one decision on one parts of the model can kind of inform what you you know quote unquote should do on another part of the model, right? Like because it it can inform you know I I you know I went with this broad theme i'm trying to tell but i don't want to make so so because of that i don't want to make her hair like supernatural looking right like like it could look a little bit more off is if you have like you know super alien looking skin like you kind of went mars attacks like super unrealistic looking skin but then she's got like this perfectly natural looking orange hair um that can kind of work against the story you're trying to tell or support it right like yeah, it really, it really depends on what you're trying to do, right? That's the kind of end lesson of all miniature painting, really. It really, really goes down to what you're trying to do. Yeah. You figure it out. That's what we're saying. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I, I think that's it. Yeah, that's. Uh, those are the two models. A little bit simpler, but I, I, you know, fun, fun models to paint. I certainly enjoyed both of these. I, I think my my saber tooth and my Wolverine. Both fall victim is I had more fun than learning because I kind of did this, um, you know, tried and true yellow method. I guess I learned a little bit more on saber tooth, but mm. um, it was definitely more 
eating candy than eating vegetables, you know. Um, I'm not sure I got a ton of insight. I mean, every every model you paint does build your breath control, build build this, that, or the other, and it's, you know, it's good to just paint models for fun. Not everything has to be a whole lesson, but... Yeah, and I, I think it's important to remember that, for sure. Mystique, too, because I, I kind of did that white and then didn't have to stress about the white. So I, I guess if that's more your bag, you know, find those high quality hobby cheats. There's there's a ton of hobby cheats out there, but look for those higher quality hobby cheats and then kind of stick with those. I mean, Slapshot's a great example of that, right? I think that that's a high quality hobby cheat that you know, can really aid in enjoyment of painting. Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Even if even if you definitely, you know, don't learn anything technique wise. I mean, you, you you learn a little bit about color composition and underpainting, or you can. But yeah, well, well, plus with like something like slap chop, I think uh, one of the things I've seen people learn uh, that kind of treated it as like the end all be all for paint techniques, and then they realize that it's despite the the name that's been attached to it, uh, it's not as simple as just slap chop. Like it's it's not as simple as yeah. just throwing paint on a model. There's actually some thought that needs to go into how you're applying the paint, and you want to make sure that you're not overdoing it or not like breaking the film and getting like a splotchy watercolor looking. You know, there there's a even with the the tricks like that. I think I still think there's ways to pull off the techniques and ways to get better at the techniques and things like that. So um, I I still think there's room to learn there. It just uh, you know, when when you get kind of one of these little unlocks that make you realize, like, oh, there's a, a quicker, convenient way for me to do this. I think we have a tendency to kind of oversimplify it in our heads, and then we start to learn the hard way that uh, all these techniques have nuance. Yeah, I think that's really well said. Ah, uh, cool. So we'll we'll end it there then. Yeah. Um... All right. Yeah. So. Uh... First time listening. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Uh, there's a link to our Discord in the show notes where, uh, you know, hopefully a lot of these conversations continue and do one start. So if, you know, you want to follow up on anything we said or, or we didn't go into enough detail on something and you want a few little extra nuggets, uh, come to the Discord and let us know. Mm-hmm. And pictures, too. Oh, yeah. And, and there's an episode gallery in there. I'd love to see what everyone's working on. I, I love seeing, you know, work in progress pictures and getting little insights into everyone's painting journey so if uh you know that's for your speed come in and, and share what you've been up to or what you've been working on as well love to always see that um uh, if you want to follow me on instagram i am waxy underscore sandwich and i am moriartist seven yeah and people can uh see or read your your blog on your website yeah moriartistminis.wordpress.com yeah a lot of lot of good insight there cool well we will uh call it there and we will talk to you next time All right, keep painting, guys.